Hey everyone, this is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, Deleted WrestleZone's very own uh, wrestling podcast here with all promotions of AEW, NXT, New Japan, and so on. We talk about matches, uh, wrestlers, and championships. So today we got a special type of uh, subject. Now this is coming from New Japan, the Bullet Club, as now we call it, the Evil Era. Uh, more info about infamous, or should I say the former infamous, Joey Ryan, Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary, and of course, we're going to deep dive a little bit on the ratings between AEW and, of course, NXT. So let's start with New Japan. As you all know, since the start of pandemic, many of the New Japan um, events had to be canceled. Not because, um, how do I say this? Because of this, uh, because not because of they want to, because of the pandemic. Now, as you all may or may not have been aware of, New Japan always has every match, every storyline planned within a year in advance. Now, that is a lie. Now, we weren't sure when New Japan was going to return making events. But recently, we have seen other promotions. Uh, from Japan, like Pro Wrestling Noah, All Japan Pro Wrestling, ja- Dragon Gate, Stardom. But New Japan is the number one promotion in all of Japan. And of course, many fans here in the US, Australia, and who else? Uh, New Zealand, uh, and other locations that New Japan is well recognized about. It's well heard of. Now, they just recently had. The New Japan Cup, which if you guys are not familiarized what that is, the New Japan Cup is in fact a um, a tournament who will determine to become the winner for a chance to get the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. But now it appears since Naito is double champion, he is both IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion. And the winner turned out to be Evil, who is a member of Los Ingobernables de Japón, and Tetsuya Naito is the leader of that faction. Now, Naito is not afraid to throw down against anybody from his teammate. You can go from guys like Sonata, um, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, Bushi, or Shingo Tagagi. These are wrestlers that um, he faced, but he's not afraid. So he's not afraid to throw down against Evil. But the biggest shocker was Evil, instead of accepting the the fist bump like they normally do, in those ingobernables, or in short as L.I.J., Evil decided to go with the too sweet hand gesture, which is Bullet Club. Now, it was the biggest shocker in, in the entire wrestling world. None of us saw that coming. I mean, it was hard to digest what happened. But the following day was the interesting part. As I said, Evil won the New Japan Cup. And because of that, he apparently is was facing against Naito for both championships. So he, in fact, I'm going to skip ahead on the results. He is now the winner of both championships and the cup. So he is triple crown champion. Which is crazy. This is hard, something we did not expect. Um, but it recently it's just been uh, already been told. 
what happened is the way he won the match was not the craziest part. We thought that Bushi, one of the members from LIJ, was there to support Naito, but it turned out to be another wrestler from a different promotion, from DDT Pro Wrestling, called named Dick Togo. Dick Togo is now a member of Bullet Club. So now they're calling this the, ev the evil era. If you guys don't know what I'm talk referring to, why they're calling evil era, you see... We go back to the beginning. First, it was Prince DeVette, which is the era of DeVette. Then there was the era of the phenomenal era. Then the, the elite. Then the cutthroat. And now, evil. And because of that, evil has been declared the leader of the Bullet Club. Yes, you heard me right. The leader of the Bullet Club. Now, the next subject relates to it is... Why is that important? You know, why am I saying is like it sound bad? It's not that it sound bad. If you're familiarized with the Bullet Club history, Bullet Club started out as a faction that was supposed to face against anybody from the. Uh, 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 let me correct myself on this. Bullet Club is a faction that, in fact, was started out as a foreign faction, or in Japanese terms. Guy Jeans. It started out with Prince Devet, then he had Balak Fale, Carl Anderson, Tama Tanga, then Luke Gallows. They became the foreign wrestlers that formed this faction. Now, the first member of in Japanese in heritage to join the Bullet Club was, was Yojiro Takahashi, known as the Tokyo Pimp. So he betrayed his stable faction, Chaos, to join them. So he became the first. Now, the second Japanese wrestler to ever join was Taiji Ishimuri. Now, Taiji has been trying for months, probably before his debut, that he was trying to get in contact with Tamatanga. And when he did, he actually became the newest member of Bullet Club. He was originally from Pro Wrestling Noah. And then the next people to join was, in fact, Ghetto and Yato, who also betrayed um, Chaos. If you must know, Ghetto was, uh, what's his name? O Kagushika's Kata's manager at the time until Okada decided to let him go, knowing that he hasn't been himself ever since losing the title to Ken Kenny Omega. And Yato, he's always been close to, to, um, to Ghetto, so he'll go with him wherever he goes. So basically, he they became... Uh, the third and fourth member of Bullet Club. The next person to join was, in fact, Kenta. Now, Kenta was originally from Pro Wrestling Noah as well, much like Taiji Shimuri. But Kenta has been not been with Noah for almost five years prior before he appeared, who was, in fact, on Shibata's side, who training at the at the LA Dojo. And then all of a sudden, Taiji, you know, Kenta actually betrayed Shibata to join Bullet Club. So he became the fifth member. And then we get Evil and take Togo. Now, you ask, is it bad? No, it's not bad. Recently, no foreign or as late in Japanese terms, Gaijin wrestlers are in fact currently in New Japan. If you must know, the only one who I've seen so far, not in the Bullet Club, is in fact, um, what's his name? Zack Zaber Jr. He has been mostly bit. I, he just recently won the IWGP Tag Team Titles with um, Tai Chi against the Golden Ace. Uh, 
Hiroshi Tarahashi and Kota Ibushi, but none of the other foreign wrestlers in Bullet Club have arrived. But there has been word that the Switchblade himself, Jay White, is set to appear in New Japan. Now, I don't know how this is going to play out. Either there'll be a civil war between the Japanese faction of the Bullet Club versus the foreign faction of the Bullet Club. That would be an interesting segment to see. We have seen they would try to do a civil war Bullet Club for a long time. It started with the elite. It didn't go well as they thought because New Japan did not believe in that or whatever the scenario was. But if it does, I'm kind of excited. But I will bring this up with my good friend, Nico, who actually co-hosts the YouTube channel with me. So I'll stand by on this story as much as possible and let you guys know how it goes. Now, the next subject we're talking about is um, Joey Ryan. Now, I have previously talked about him. So let me give you guys a rundown what happened with him. As you know now, since the wake of the Speaking Out movement, Joey Ryan was accused by eight uh, over a dozen allegations against him where he behaved inappropriate along women. And a result of that, many promoters, mostly in the independencies, no longer have trust in him. Many of Joey Ryan's closest friends, like Candace LeRae, um, what's his name, and the Bucks, all those who were his close friends all turned their backs on him because of this. Now, we haven't heard anything from Joey Ryan for almost a month. If you must know, all his social media from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course the videos from his YouTube channel, were all deleted. But recently, his social media, mostly from Instagram and Twitter, were reactivated. But at the same time, his YouTube channel had only one video, which is what people call the apology video, where he apologized about what happened, but at the same time, he spoke out against and addressed many of the allegations against him. So he's talked about various people that he know, like saying whatever he, uh, saying like, this person recalled this, how it happened, but Joey remember, uh, doesn't remember that happened or does, or bit of the memory was vague. And that's the thing about Joey. He's trying to explain himself. Uh, he has spoken. He has been doing, trying to get better, be a better person, and all of that. Now, the aftermath of this video, many people, especially the victims of Joey Ryan, they all think he's lying. They all think he's a sack of shit, or they call the apology video a load of bullshit. Now, I can understand what they're saying. And that's the thing about that. Joey said he had nobody that would back him up on anything. No one asked him, especially Candace or the Bucks or anybody, questioned him if this all allegations were true. But they just jumped the gun and judged him right away. And I don't blame him, you know. And that's the thing about about the whole scenario. I'm not I, – I, I, I understand what he's going through because – Personally, I'm going to explain this little side story about myself for all of you so you guys can understand. Um, back in 2005, and mostly started in the su from the uh, summer, I was in a six-month relationship with this girl. Um, everything was going great. I was very much in love with her. 
But at some point in those six months, we made a decision to, how do I say this? To start having sexual intercourse. Now, I never told anybody about this, especially people from my inner circle, my friends, my family. We kept it all to myself. And then all of a sudden, my first girlfriend somehow weaseled her way into my second girlfriend's life and became friends with her. She finds out that I had sex with her. She was angry that I lost my virginity to her. And it wasn't her problem, her, her, her business to get involved in my life. And then all of a sudden, this crazy, crazy bitch starts telling all my friends, saying, I raped my second girlfriend. And when I'm hearing this, I'm like, what the hell? But luckily for me, I had a friend who actually looked into it. What he did is he pulled her away from the side, away from my first girlfriend. He asked her the question, is it true? Did he rape you? And she said no. So in that latent terms, it proved that she was a load of horseshit. She she lied about saying this. She was speaking for her, but even though it wasn't rape. You see, if it was raped, I only would have done it once. But with her, I did it multiple times. That's not rape. Even my, um, my ex-girlfriend's mom, my second one, she, she didn't believe it. When she found out about it too, it was like crazy. The reason this bitch did that was because she was jealous. Jealous because I, I gave my virginity to someone else instead of her. But the point is this. I praise my friend for contacting me saying, Dude, I hear that this your first girlfriend's telling everyone that you raped your second girlfriend. And I was thankful and I praise him for being a good friend. For figuring out that all of this was just a lie. And I thanked him. A hundred times. And I couldn't have a good friend like him. And I'm glad that. Ever since then our friendship is still continue. Even though we live. Uh, states and city apart from each other. He's still my friend. But I feel saddened that Joey didn't have that. In his life where. Someone can just ask him. Call him hey Joey. Um, how, what happened? What's going on? Is this true? Are all these allegations towards you is true? It didn't happen that way. No one had the audacity to talk to him. And I can respect that. But you got to understand. For me, I'm also a martial artist. What I learned in life was because my instructor said this. The most highest women who get attacked, people who get attacked from the genders is mostly the men, the women, actually. The women are, are most likely to attack. And I get that because in the back of my mind, I think about, okay, what if I have a daughter? You know, I don't have a daughter, but that could happen. But anyway, and, and that's the thing. Women are the most highly targeted for things like this. You know, do I think the whole thing, it's crazy? No. But Joey didn't have that, and I feel saddened that he didn't get that whatsoever. So, pretty much, it kind of um, went great. It went all hell. But personally, let me tell you this. I don't believe Joey Ryan's wrestling career will ever return. It's already been told by various people. I just recently went on Instagram, and there's this local promoter here in San Diego, California, named uh, Mikey Gordon. He addressed the apology video saying it's a load of horseshit and all that. So he thinks that his career is already over. And frankly, I do believe in it. 
but we cannot deny Joey Ryan's ability when he booked matches for bar wrestling. So basically, you cannot deny that whatsoever. I still watch those. They're on Defy on the Man. Uh, Defy on the Man. And I'm thinking about collecting the DVDs for myself for those. And, you know, just for the heck of it. Just in case if people forgotten about bar wrestling. But all I can do is say this about Joey. Joey, I'm thankful I met you once. But I don't know if everything you say is true or not. But I hope somehow you find peace within yourself. And thank you for the great wrestling you put out for us. For us fans to enjoy. We won't forget those moments, but right now, please take care of yourself. And I know that you are dealing with your personal issues. So thank you. Now, next subject. We just had Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary for this year. If you guys are not fans of Impact, uh, then you're missing out. Slammiversary is their version of WrestleMania. Um, they had some great matches, but this Slammiversary event was in fact special. A. We haven't forgotten what happened on April 15th of 2020 of this year. That day will be remembered as Black Wednesday. Was the day where many people who work with the WWE, wrestlers, referees, other staff were released by WWE. Now certain people do get furloughs, but not the wrestlers. Wrestlers were released on unexpectedly. There were talk about cuts, but many wrestlers did not expect who would be, but there were those who did. Now, it was still unclear who was going to be making appearance at Slammiversary. But I can tell you who did make their appearances. Uh, I'm not going to go through the match because if you guys haven't seen the review... On my YouTube channel, which is Deleted Wrestle Zone. If you haven't, subscribe to that now and you guys will enjoy it. Now, the people who were released from WWE are now in Impact. Let's start with the most obvious one. We're talking about the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Yes, the Good Brothers are now in Impact Wrestling. Right at the end of the, of the main event, they aligned themselves. With Eddie Edwards. So it's still unclear what kind of storyline they're going to go with Eddie. Does that make him the third good brother? I would love to see that. That's going to be one awesome story. Now the next one was related to the main event. A former world champion made an appearance. And I'm referring to Eric Young. We all know Eric Young. He was one of a TNA original. He has... Been in that promotion for a long time prior before going to WWE. And I'm so grateful he's back where it all started for him. Many wrestlers feel that way. And I'm trying to remember who else was there. Oh, yeah. But at the end. Oh, no, no, wait. Never mind. There was one more person. And this person is. I got kids, man. Yes. Heath Slater is also an impact. He made an appearance, jumped the guardrail, and he actually spoke out about everything what he's trying to do. He wants a a piece of the title, but someone did not like that. That person is none other than Rohit Raju. So he got in his face telling him 
that if he's going after the title, then he has to go through him. So, basically, uh, Heath Slater kicked his scrawny little ass. And, of course, right at the end, at the, right at the backstage, Heath Slater actually went to see his old pal, Rhino. Yeah, who hasn't forgotten about Rhino? But it's awesome to see Rhino and Heath Slater reunite. But unfortunately, uh, Scott Demore kind of said that he doesn't have a contract. He's not uh, signed with, and that kind of became. But Rhino did state he's going to work on it. So hopefully we get to see that. Now the final person, this happened right after Eddie Edwards won the Impact World Championship. He, in fact, the, there was a video of the person who wants a piece of him. And that person is none other than Ethan Carter III, better known as EC3. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. Uh, this Tuesday, we're going to have more things. Now, there are other things that happened on, in, in Slammiversary. We had the return of the Motor City Machine Guns. They responded to an open challenge by the Rascals. Great match. Great match between both teams. But, of course, you cannot beat the expertise of the Motor City Machine Guns. Now, that wasn't the end of it. During the tag team title match between the current champions, the North and the challengers, Sammy Callan and Ken Shamrock, the North won that the, retained the titles, but Sammy and Ken's relationship kind of soured. But the North has gone out saying how they felt they were disrespected. Nobody's talking about their long-reign tag team title championship reign. But they claim they're the best, but they forget there is another team. And that team is the Motor City Machine Guns. And they announced this Tuesday on Impact they will face the North for the Impact World titles. So I'm excited for that. So there are there has been a few title changes. Now, we have a brand new X Division champion, Chris Bay 1. And of course, Deanna Perrazzo. As you all know, Deanna Perrazzo was released from WWE. But she already got signed by Impact about a month ago. It's pretty interesting how now things are lining for themselves. Uh, I hope more wrestlers can go to Impact. But it's still unclear whether if they're going to go to Impact or AEW, or any other promotion that there is. So I'm excited. I hope you guys are. Now, the final subject. This has gone out ever since the start of the AEW versus NXT Wednesday Night War. Now, let's go back to a couple weeks ago. For three weeks straight, NXT won the viewership. But however... However, AEW won the rating demo war of the 18 and 49 demographic. Now, some WWE fans are out there asking, why is that important? The viewership is important. Well, not exactly. If you guys don't know of this YouTube new news review channel called The Squared Circle Psychobabble. Uh, square circle is all together and cycle babble the same thing one of the guys who run the, that channel named my uh, michael velati he used to work in television so he kind of explained it a bit that 
I don't know how it is, but just take a look. But what people don't understand, especially the WWE hardcore fans, the ratings are important. They're saying, no, this is crap. This is not right. Why is AEW still around? NXT won the viewership. Well, it doesn't mean anything anymore. It's just the NXT. Now, for two weeks, both AEW and NXT had two shows on the same week. AEW had Fight, uh, Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. Had, no, uh, NXT had the Great American Bash. So they won the war. Now, it they're still unable to get past the rating barrier. A- A- NXT can't beat them in the ratings. Now, this past Wednesday, AEW put out Fight for the Fallen. Now, NXT, WWE did not did anything to counter-program both AEW. But at that time, AEW won the viewership. Now, you ask yourself, how come they didn't do that? Because WWE realized now, at this point, there is no way in hell they could get rid of AEW as long as they're winning the rating demo. They are realizing now the ratings are not doing so well for them. Now, for all you guys, if you're still WWE fans, just straight generally of it, you you got to ask yourselves, how can WWE get the ratings back up? Now, recently, if, I, if you guys recall, Tessa Blanchard was, in fact, released or terminated by Impact. The go... Uh, reports were cut were came in from various news outlets saying that WWE sent out feelers to get in contact with Tessa. Now, it seems that they're interested, but their those are concerned because of her attitude. But reports came in. What are their plans with Tessa? The idea what WWE want, this is part of the subject, is to send Tessa to NXT, believing that her and NXT could raise up the ratings. Now, that is a good plan. I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to lie about it. But however, if you guys know about Tessa's bag- baggage, then uh, then you know the obvious thing. I don't think there is any way in hell Tessa would want to go to NXT. I know for a fact she would want to go to Raw or SmackDown. And WWE are not going to allow that to happen. They probably would want her to go to NXT. Now, however, that hasn't happened yet. We haven't crossed the bridge. There is no confirmation yet if Tessa has taken the deal. If she has, then I will generally put that on the news update alert on the YouTube channel. So if you guys follow me on the YouTube channel, Deleted WrestleZone, I will post that. But so far, none of that has happened. So I think that's about it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, episode 28, where I talk about, you know, the New Japan um, stuff with uh, the New Japan Cup. Evil now as not only a member of Bullet Club, but the leader winning the the double championship. Bullet Club now has seven Japanese wrestlers. Uh, Joey's apology video. And, of course, we got... Um, Impact Wrestling Slam Anniversary, and of course the ratings. So if you guys are interested in watching the YouTube channel, 
please subscribe. Tell your friends. You know, it's an awesome uh, YouTube to watch. I, mostly it's me, but there'll be more. Now, the reason I haven't posted any podcasts recently was because I was dealing with some family matter. I won't discuss that much because I don't talk about my personal life that much. So for now, I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah! And have a nice day. Bang!